in the time of your life. And Amen. And then I got to studying, looking as I studied about battles and wars. And I went over to Judges and got to reading in there in the last five chapters. And man, I got to reading there and got to seeing what was happening unfolding. And, and there's a key verses in those last five, church, five chapters that talks about people wanting to do things their own way. And, but then when I come back this evening, God brought me back to our Sunday school lesson. And uh, the two characters what was in that Sunday school lesson. And the endurance, the commitment, the dedication that they had. Amen. To, to endure. Uh, we don't know as much about either one of these that we'd probably like to. And uh, have all the insight and, um, about them. But uh, there's no doubt what we've, we've, we've learned enough, what's the few verses and what we learn from them in Scripture to help us to understand that we want to be like them, that we want to follow their footsteps, that we want to follow some of their characteristics and their, their patience. Amen. Patience. Uh, we're living in a time tonight in a world that people are not very patient. They're really, they're not. Uh, it's not necessarily all the individuals our fault it's our time we're, we're gearing them that way we're instructing them we're encouraging them not to be you know to be demanding something don't hurry up and happen then you do something else and if that don't happen you get you know uh, if you don't get your hamburger when you're supposed to pull on the street and go calling somebody and get it free <laughs> hallelujah one thing after another you know your, your computers you know that's the reason they 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 out of date because of the speed and the quality of them the abilities to do all the different things and uh, <clears throat> I understand now that Singing Rivers getting involved and going to have a line to help come with these internets and help speed that up and help everybody. You don't have to go outside and hold your hand and do, you know. <laughs> Praise God. I know all about that, man. I have to go outside and you know, every time it tells to talk on that phone. And that's, that's aggravating. Especially whenever it's 10, 11, 12 o'clock and it's raining outside and it's cold. and <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. When I had battle with COVID, I still had to go outside and get on the front porch and talk. <laughs> There's a few times I want to tell them, man, I got COVID. You mind? I need to go in a while. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. It wasn't their fault. It was the service problem. <laughs> but God won't never be short of service. He proved himself on the mountain. He's proved himself in every valley. Praise God. But, uh, but so... Uh, we're just going to look at our lesson here. It will come to pass. How many believe that you're in end time? How many of you believe that the Lord's coming back? How many of you believe that the word of God's going to come to pass? Amen. Every promise in this book is going to come to pass. All the instructions, all the prophecies. Amen. We believe that tonight. Amen. We, we, we believe in the word of God and uh, the power of it. And uh, so I, I won't probably teach it like maybe I normally would on a Sunday morning. So I'm just going to highlight and hit some things. And I'm going to watch the time very closely uh, and things of that nature. But anyway, I just want to address a few things. I thought these two characters, and I really couldn't get them off my, out of my mind this, this week. as I've thought about them several times throughout this week. Amen. When you talk about Simeon, you talk about Anna. And... Uh, uh, their, their role in this, this area, but, and not only that, but the very beginning of the lesson itself, Jesus was brought to the temple. Jesus was brought to the temple. I thought about our, our families today, 
especially the young couples that's got children and the, 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 the responsibility and got school. And you've got several here that's teachers and uh, that role, amen. And you got up early this morning and went to school and taught and, and run home and fix supper and iron clothes and try to do homework and all that. And then you make a mad dash to the house of God. Thank God for parents that are bringing their children to the house of God. Hallelujah. Thank God, amen, that we got parents that would rather bring them to the house of God than the ball fields. Amen. Taking them to places and events of the world. There's, there's a lot of them out there who wouldn't like what I'm fixing to say here. They'll take their children Monday and Tuesdays and even sometime now on Wednesdays and Thursdays and play ball Friday night. But you, they'd laugh at you if you wanted them to come to a midweek service. Oh, my baby's got to get in bed early. We got school. <laughs> but I'm glad tonight that we got some parents, amen, that understand what's important. And not just on Wednesday nights, but Sunday morning, Sunday night, they're willing to bring their children to the house of God. Amen. To, to hear the word of God. To feel the power and the presence of God. Amen. To be introduced. Amen. But, uh, but not just here. Not just to bring them here. But whenever you go home. Amen. And you live this. And you're committed. To Joseph and Mary as they brought Jesus. Uh, they, and Mary knew this as well as anybody. The miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But yet they still had to fulfill the law. Amen. They had to abide by it. They had to do it. They wouldn't exempt. Now they could have easily said, well, wait a minute. This is the Messiah. I mean, Mary knew that this was the Messiah. And so she could have said, you know, if anybody ought to be exempt, it ought to have been Jesus Christ. If we can, we can be a little more lenient. Amen. But uh, you're going to notice when you go to Leviticus, the 12th chapter, and it's eight verses. And I won't go through them just in a way. Uh, but there is some purification that had to take place. And uh, things that she had to in seven days if you have a male son a male a man you had to wait seven days for purification and then on the eighth day he was to be brought to the temple a man and brought for circumcision and so but if you had a girl you had to wait 14 days and and then there was still if you had a son it was 33 days of purification that had to take place and if you had a girl it was 66 days <laughs> praise God so you know uh, it's just now you can go back and read that to Leviticus, the twelfth chapter, and study that out. And but it's again we already see uh, the purifications and uncleanness and and how God worked. And you'll see if you'll do a study on that uh, how God even worked with the Israelites and how He called them out and He began to draw lines and tell them that that certain things they could eat and certain things they couldn't eat and certain things they could drink and certain things they couldn't drink. And and then if you was going to be a Nazarite, that, that increased even from that. You couldn't eat certain things, and you couldn't drink certain things, and and so the 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 uh, the purification and the things that could make us uh, unholy and unacceptable, and, and things that we'd have to deal with, and there's a lot to that when you really begin to deal dig into it, and you know what we got we've got a little taste of that in the last two years. 
Amen. Dealing with COVID and, and the extremes. Uh, amen. The actions we had to take and the directions we had to go and hand sanitizers and things of that nature. And you know, we're not totally against that. It's probably helped us. It's probably a good practice, some of it to a certain degree. Amen. From now on. And it might be a certain amount of it from now on. I don't know. God knows. That's, that's, you know, that's not neither here nor there. But it helps us to understand because I'm going to tell you something. I feel like the world. I feel like even the majority of your religious and Christian people that call themselves Christian people and followers of Jesus has actually reached a point in a place that uh, the separation doesn't mean anything anymore. You come as you want to and leave as you want to. You don't have to change and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do anything different. You can just, you know, walk in the old way, dress in the old way, get involved and go to places. And, and, and if you get ready to put church on, you know, on the back burner, you can do that because if a job comes up and you're making so much money, uh, you got a good, you're a good excuse to go and go do this and go do that or you may have whatever it might be but I'm telling you the house of God and coming to the house of God is handled to so much different and I, I'm not getting on to nobody tonight okay I'm just telling you well I can remember I can remember when I got in church amen if you miss church you was either almost you was either dead I'm telling you, I mean, it was just the way it was. You just didn't miss church. Hallelujah. You come. And, and I mean, you, 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 sometimes you drug in here sick. You drug in here this way or that way. And, but, but that's just, but, but today, as you watch, and I'm not just talking about this local city, I'm talking about even in general. Uh, people are more prone or miss church at a drop of a hat. Amen. At any little bump. Amen. At any little opportunity. Hallelujah. They, I have seen a time where we planned everything around church. But now if we're not careful, we're playing things on church nights. I'll tell you where we're at. I'll tell you where we're at as a world and a time. So to, to understand the importance about coming to the temple. Understanding the importance about coming to the house of God. And he's going to go on just a little bit here and, and help us. And we know, we know that this is not quite the same as, but to the temple, amen, that gathering, amen. Even David goes to the point, and I, I really believe he didn't mean just, I believe he meant the tabernacle. He'd rather be a doorkeeper at the tabernacle, amen, than have all the pleasures and live in all the tents of the wicked and enjoy everything, amen, that it could offer and all the, the benefits with it, amen. He said, I'd much rather be a doorkeeper in the at the day at the door of the tabernacle at, at the house of God then enjoy those things Moses comes along and he helps us to understand after being exposed and raised up uh, under Pharaoh's uh, time and, and and all the expense and luxuries and and then he I mean he had the best I mean they wasn't nothing any better he was going to be the next Pharaoh hallelujah yeah, they was gearing him and shaping him and molding him to be that uh, amen but he you know what he come to that place he come to that crossroad he said I'd rather suffer the afflictions amen where the children of God and of Christ, amen, to enjoy the pleasures for a season. And so as we watch a lot of this, the reason if you don't think I'm telling you the truth, when do they play one of the most uh, most uh, 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 entertained and, and drawing attraction sports. Uh, what day do they play it on? <laughs> what day do they play the Super Bowls? Um, what times did you watch this? Um, there, there was a time probably about 40 years ago that Wednesday night was set aside. Hey, I remember a time you didn't have a wake on Wednesday nights. You didn't have a wake or a funeral on Sundays. I remember a time when none of that took place. And I understand, I talked to the funeral people, they've told me, said, well, we got so many, we now no choice. I said, man, we just got tied up, we couldn't help it, we couldn't get, so now it's 
it's nothing, amen, to have funerals on Sundays and wakes on Sundays and on Wednesday nights. Well, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just telling you the spirits that we, you are warring against to be in the house of God on this Wednesday night. And sometimes you wonder in your own mind and heart and spirit, why is it such a struggle? Why is it such a battle? It ought not be this way. I ought to be real glad about going to the house of God tonight. But that's the spirits that you're warring against. That, that's the spirits that's coming up against you. And, and if you're not careful with your own flesh, it enjoys a man time off. It enjoys a time of kicking back after a hard day's work and being so busy. I've watched some of us, amen, when we get here, especially on Sunday mornings, the struggle we have. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter who's doing the teaching. It doesn't matter. Amen. It, I, I've seen it. Hallelujah. We struggle. Amen. Why? Because we done spent six days, man, working an hour at it. But thank God we're still coming to the house of God. And thank God we got parents, amen, are still grabbing their children and bringing them to a place of worship. And not just worship some Trinitary God, but we come to worship the one and the only God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to talk more and more about that. I'm telling you, I'm convinced, amen, that we need some good old-fashioned one apostolic Pentecostal, one God, Holy Ghost moves. Hallelujah. Not something just feel good. Not something, amen, that just puts a chill bump here and there. Not something that just emotionally worked up. But I'm talking about a one God move. I'm talking about a one God apostolic moving. Hallelujah. Because that changes us. That rearranges us. It moves us where we need to be even on a Wednesday night like this. We love you tonight and appreciate you. And we give you honor tonight being here being so faithful to the house of God to the service of God amen uh, uh, so as we watched here amen that Joseph and Mary amen when it come time they brought they brought Jesus to the house of God amen brought him to this place to worship the Lord writer goes in the lesson and I'm just going to hit on some of this just a little bit because I really want to talk about Simeon and Anna for, and the scripture and their commitment and their dedication Praise God. I believe it's some of the most powerful characters you're going to read about. To have just such a few verses. It's mentioned about them in the Bible. Praise God. Because uh, that's one thing. Uh, these are some characters that America uh, had founded herself on. Built this nation out on. It's being committed. It's being loyal. Being dedicated. Being sold out. Whatever it's going to take to keep my family. Whatever it's going to take, amen, to provide. Whatever it's going to take for our nation. Amen. I, I found it kind of amazing. Sister Becky Ford texted me Thursday morning. She sent a picture of a board at school. She said, I started this yesterday. She had a picture of the flag and different stuff, but God bless America. Fell right into Wednesday night. I said, oh, ain't that awesome? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And then Sister Mallory sent me a text. Amen. I wish I'd have brought it and got it out here. I'd love to have read it tonight. And again, about the American dream and, and all of it, how it works and coming together. Folks, I'm telling you, God loves America and we love America. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe if you and I just have our minds made up. I haven't never preached this message. It's been on my mind a long time. I feel like God wants me to preach at a certain place. I just had never preached it. I'm waiting, I guess, at that time. Man, but uh, save yourself from this untoward generation. Amen. You know how you're going to do that? By coming to the house of God. By being faithful. Amen. And that's not the only thing. Amen. You can't just show up. Now, that's important. <laughs> You've got to show up. 
And that's a good, that's a good start. Amen. And so they had to show up. On that eighth day, they had to show up with Jesus. And, and so the writer, but he goes on, he talks about, amen, that we must all what bring a sacrifice when we come to God's house. If you go back to Exodus, you're going to realize then, when you go to Exodus uh, 34, 19, 20, I'm just going to use a couple of verses here. Amen. You, 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 to come to the house of God, you can't just come, but you've got to bring a sacrifice. And I realize sometimes it's a sacrifice to get here. Okay. We all know that. We realize that. The busy schedules and the things that's going on. And you know what? God honors that. And he's thankful. Amen. And I'm thankful. It's your pastor. But yet when we get here, there's still that sacrifice. That sacrifice. Amen. Brother Phillips, man, done a good job the night when he preached that message. And amen. I mean, he's been burning the goat. <laughs> Praise God. Some of us had some big old goats. Man, that thing's still smoking. But we're still burning him, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're keeping him on the fire. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. It's kind of like that elephant. You just one bite at one, one mouthful at a time. But you'll get him eat. Just hang in there. <laughs> Praise God. But in the Exodus, when you go to Exodus 34, you're going to read and you're going to see here the point, amen, that nobody could come empty. Everybody has got to bring something. Hallelujah. And you come to the house of God. There's, there's really no, no, no set deal for somebody just come back and you sit on ease and everybody serves, you know, and everybody creates the atmosphere and everybody. No, everybody that comes to the temple, everybody that comes to the house of God, everybody comes and approaches God. God's intention was for them, amen, not to come empty. So when you go to Exodus 34 and 19, you're going to see there as he talks about going to the promised land. He talks about what begins the firstlings, the firstlings of, of the donkey. And the first thing, amen. And he talks about uh, uh, the opening, everything. The first that opens the, the mattocks, amen, or the wound, amen, the cattle, the ox, the sheep, amen. And, and especially the males, all of this, and it belonged to God, the first that belonged to Him. The next verse, is 20th verse, begins to pick up and it talks about the firstlings of the donkey. They, they, it should be what it, it, you couldn't, it, it still had to be redeemed. And so they'd had to be a lamb that would take its place. If it wasn't going to be redeemed, then you broke its neck. Praise God. And so it, it went from that and it goes from that. And this is where reason, amen, that Joseph and Mary said, But on the firstborns of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. Praise God. I, I don't want to appear before God empty. Not here. And I sure don't want to appear before God on that white throne judgment or when that time comes. Amen. Empty. Amen. And we know the judgment. And Jesus talks about that judgment. And he likes it. Amen. Your judgment. He talks about the sheep and goats. And, and then when you begin to talk about the individuals. And guess what? Neither group knew when they were serving Jesus Christ or, or blessing God. He said, but as you do it unto the least one of these. Amen. That means serving them or not serving them. Praise God. You know what? The best thing to do is just try to bless everybody you can bless. Uplift everybody you can uplift. Amen. Hallelujah. If you can bless them, bless them. If you can help them, help them. Amen. I know some people put stipulations on whatever they're going to give somebody money and all this other stuff and things of that nature. And I'm not telling you to start giving everybody $100 bills. If you do, I want to get in line. <laughs> Praise God. But, uh, but uh, what I am saying, amen, don't always be careful doing that. Because there's sometimes some people are going to come along that God wants you to bless. And, and they may be smoking cigarettes and they may be on drugs and they may be doing this and doing that. But God just wants you to express your, your love, His love to them sometimes. So just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost is all I'm saying. Don't just just have certain things and no matter what you cut them off amen and don't give God an opportunity amen because that could be the turning point for that individual that God wanted to use you to bless them amen that you know what I'm going to bless you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I feel God wants me to bless you and I'm going to help you right here I'm going to show you love amen because you're going to win them by loving them you're not going to win them by judging them and saying you don't qualify 
I'm glad God didn't disqualify me the first time I come. I promise he could have. And many a time since. Somebody hadn't. Thank God for it. So as we watch this really begin to take place and begin to unfold. And God's words always what it always comes true. So when you realize that and you, you begin to walk. And I won't take the time. I'd love to. But I'd love to take the time because he talks about becoming the temple of the Holy Ghost. He talks about it. Amen. In Luke. Amen. How that on that last day of the feast. And Jesus stood up and, and he lifted up with his voice. And any thirst let him come and drink. Amen. And it goes on. And in parentheses. But yet he talks about. He said he was talking about like to the Holy Ghost. Even though the Holy Ghost had not come as of yet. Amen. To come and drink. Amen. You'll never thirst from this. He tears us. Amen. To the first part of, of Acts. And he talks about the first uh, first chapter 5 through 8. Amen. To Jesus Christ telling them to go and tear and wait on the promise of the Father. That he be endued with the power of one I call the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Everybody under the sound of my voice that I can tell here tonight knows all about receiving the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you don't have it, you could have it. And you know you could have it. You can get it tonight before you leave if you get your mind made up and get your heart sold out. Amen. Because God's not going to owe any man. A lot of it depends on the hunger and the thirst of the individual. And whether or not, amen, if they really want it or not. Amen. When an individual makes up in their mind they're going to do certain things, I'm telling you what, they pretty well got the battle won. And they pretty well achieve it. Amen. But you got to get a made up mind first. That's the reason people, when they get ready to come out of that world, hallelujah, we need to pray for that cousin. Amen. That God would help that cousin. Hallelujah. That cousin gets their minds made up and said, you know what? If he can deliver a lunatic, he can deliver me. I'm going to call on this same Jesus. No, I've never heard him. I've never seen him. Amen. But you know what? I'm going to call on him. I'm going to have faith in him. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to lift up my voice and cry out because he said, whatever you ask in his name, that you can receive that. And so if you'll create that hunger, if you'll create that thirst. I've seen something just this week and I won't give names, but somebody come in the store and got talking about things. And man, I'm telling you, it was God, really. I'm telling you. And I thought about the scriptures afterwards. It in season, out of season. So I had a, I had a preaching session, amen, with a guy, just me and him. Amen. But he was he was a captive. Amen. And he opened the doors up and man, God let it roll out there. And he told me when he left her, he said, I'm gonna tell you what. He said, Now this right here has lift me up today. He said, This encouraged me. He said, That's a book. That's the word of God. He said, You know what? We just keep sowing them seeds. They're gonna come out of them dead churches. They're gonna come out of them places where they're not gonna get fed. And this is not the only field that God wants me to sow in, honey. So every opportunity I get up there in that hardware store, I'm gonna sow that seed. I don't care who they are, I don't care what they look like. Hello, if they want to talk about Jesus. Say, man, you're talking about my topic. But I don't back up and I don't I don't be ugly about it. But I tell them about the Holy Ghost. And I talk about the Holy Ghost. I don't care if they're good Baptist friends. I don't care who they are. They need to hear about the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs to have the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs a taste of the Holy Ghost. And they can't get it unless they hear about it. How can you hear unless you hear it? How can you be saved unless you hear? How can they hear without a preacher? Well, guess what? God put a preacher in the hardware store. And so as he sends me an audience up and I'm going to preach to them. They don't have to pay tithes. They don't have to give offerings. They don't have to do nothing. Hallelujah. Because I'm not Bunny Balt, honey. I'm God Balt, and I want to be God Balt, God used. I tell you, I'm looking for revival in Bendale, Mississippi. I'm looking for revival in Bendale, Mississippi. I'm looking for the lunatics, amen. I'm looking for the lame and, and the halt, amen, the cripple, amen, to come running to this house because there is a God that will help them. <laughs> Folks, we got the most precious thing that's ever going to happen on the earth. <laughs> Ain't nothing else out there, folks. If you can't get excited about this Holy Ghost, you can't get excited about your Pentecost, you know what I'd do? I'd go back, I'd do like Isaac. I'd go back and start digging some whales out. And every time the old devil wanted to take one, I'd dig another one. Sooner or later, sooner or later, God's going to say, that's it, buddy. You keeping this one. You're going to drink from this one. 
Amen. Because God's in the business of doing that. And so, so as we watch all this begin to unfold and begin to take place, how? After receiving the Holy Ghost, to hear the voice of God. Who in this house don't hear the voice of God? Uh, and, and know the will of God. Let me put it that way. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 is very, very plain. Very, you know, present these bodies unto God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. Praying that we might know what the acceptable will of God and His purpose in our lives. Folks, there's a greater purpose, amen, that you and I live in far than what this world has to offer us. You can spend all your efforts and energy and time on houses. You can spend all your effort and energy and time on, 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 on materialistic things. And, and I'm not telling you I do none of that. What I'm telling you is there's something even more important and more with greater purpose and greater outcome, amen, than all of that. And that's eternal life. And doing everything we can, hallelujah, to be pleasing unto that one and, and serve that one and find the joy of doing that. Because you know what? We're standing at the door of eternity. We're standing at the very, the very door, amen, of, of this unfolding and taking place. And, and I want to be a part of it. How about you? Amen. So here we can see as, as we try to begin to find the heart of God and the mind of God and the voice of God. I want to read a few things that the writer of the lesson has brought to our attention. He says, how do we know if God is speaking to us? It may take time to get familiar with God's voice and the different ways he speaks to us. And, and that's true, amen. Uh, that still small voice sometimes. And, and maybe he may move upon you a different way from that or different direction from that. And sometimes uh, it's from the preaching of the word of God. And sometimes it can be out of a song. Sometimes you can be driving down down the road just just whatever and all of a sudden man it just just drops in your lap boom there it is god give you a revelation and god amen inspired god still in the inspiring business folks they was holy men of god as they was inspired as they was breathed upon god ain't quit breathing on folks <laughs> god ain't quit touching lives god ain't quit answer, asking answering questions and and fulfilling desires and giving direction God's still in the business to direct us in the world that we're in tonight. That we'd handle this thing and respond to it the way God wants us to. That would be pleasing and represent Him. And so it goes on, but watch what he says here. I thought it was pretty good. And he said, in the process of being spirit-led, we must remember that God will never lead us in a direction that is contrary in Scripture. Never. Ever. <laughs> I tell you, I'm, 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 I am a little concerned about that condition of our, our nation. I don't know enough about it, but if you get on that internet and I promise you, you start searching, you'll be shocked of the so-called spiritual folks out there speaking in tongues, claim to be Pentecost, and giving instructions and guidance. And, and uh, <laughs> well, you search it out. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. And they, they, they're, they're, but I'm telling you, they ain't got a clue. They ain't got a clue. And that's one thing that's got me a little concerned about us getting so involved on live stream. And getting so involved in all that. Because you can't put you out there without connecting with them. And it's, it can be a dangerous thing. And that's what we're going to have to watch. And that, that it's, it's being pushed. It's being pushed among the apostolics. 
Amen. To use technologies. Being pushed among the apostolics to become business folks and become rich. It's being pushed. I'm not against it. I believe God wants us to be the head. But there's a whole lot of scriptures out there warning us about the riches and the trials and the temptations and the lust and all that comes with it. And I'm going to tell you something. There's not as many that can handle it that can't handle it. Okay? It's not many that can handle it and stay where they need to stay. So, another concern about, well, I'm sorry. But you know what? I feel like rural churches are just as important as any big city. And we can't just focus on big cities and big numbers. God's just as concerned about small churches in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. Okay? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you some stuff that's coming. I'm just telling you some stuff that's coming down the pipe. You stay around, you get to listen, you'll see. So, but anyway, here we go. We want to be led by the Holy Ghost. We want to be led, and we know if we'll stay with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will never give us anything that's contrary to what's in this book. You can always, I'm going to tell you something. If you think it's of God, but if you've got a second question about it, just start checking the book. Just start going to the book. Don't ever let your so-called experience, I don't care if it's a dream, I don't care if it's a vision, I don't care what, what, whatever took place. If it's contrary to this book, mark it off. Erase it. Tell yourself, tell whoever, that's of the devil. That's not of God. Because I'm telling you, I don't care who it comes from, where it comes from. It cannot be contrary to this book right here. Okay? <laughs> Praise God. Scripture becomes, watch this. We will never grow to the place in our walk with God where Scripture becomes irrelevant. It's always important. It's always got to be ranked at the top. <laughs> We're never going to reach a place that Scripture's not really important. It really doesn't matter. We're there as a nation. You'd be shocked the people out there that looks at this as just another book. You'd be shocked the people out there don't even have a Bible in America. Don't even have a Bible. The homes, amen, the children. As I, I, I praise you as parents bringing yours. How many parents out there, that's, there's children that's raised and parents is out there that's never come through the doors of any church whatsoever. Unless something major changes, they don't have no intent to bring in theirs. No intent at all. They don't hardly cross their mind. They, 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 a lot of them has the mentality, I've listened to them. I've watched them come in that hardware store and talking and doing, talking about. <laughs> I've had them, I've had them almost so drunk they couldn't hardly stand. Pockets full of cigarettes, <laughs> cussing like a sailor, and telling me they're going to see Daddy in heaven. The next breath, I'm telling you, that's 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 the mentality. That's where we at. Things can't go contrary to this, okay? So stay with the Holy Ghost. And so as you watch some of this, and, 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 and I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm drive a point here. How many is real patient? How many is real patient with God? And you're willing to wait. You're willing to wait on a, a lifetime for God. You're willing to wait on God for one, one thing. You commit yourself, dedicate yourself in a sense, 
for an eternity for that one thing. We're not geared that way, are we? We're not. <laughs> I'm not trying to make nobody mad. I'm just telling you we're not. We're not. <laughs> we, we, we like to be entertained. It don't take long to get bored. <laughs> we can watch it right here. The other night when I went back there and sat in that chair. Some of you got a little antsy like, what is he doing? Did he go to sleep? What did he do? It's got a... So let me talk to us a little bit tonight. Let me use these two characters tonight to help us. When it's a God thing. When we know it's a God thing. And when we know that we're walking in the will of God. That regardless of the peer pressure. Regardless of, of uh, wherever it's coming from. That you know what? We're going we're gonna to stay with it. We're going to be faithful. And so I'm just going to kind of go to the scriptures for time's sake. If I don't, I'll run out of time here. And I don't want to do that. And I'm going to let you out because I don't want the weather to get too bad before I let you go. Luke 2 and 25, it begins and picks up. And this is about all it's going to tell us about Simeon. But it says enough that's very powerful if we listen to it. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. Now some believes that Simeon was possibly. Now this is just tradition, speculation, commentaries. That he was Gamal's amen, father. Now that's just one of them. There was another one. I forgot it off the top of my head. It, it was something else. But and I don't use them a lot because they're just speculations. Okay. They're just a possibility. And I, I swear I want to put it to you who, who he was. So nobody really knows. But there was something interesting. And some people may condemn me and say, well, I don't know why you read them commentaries. And all. I don't read none of that stuff. I don't do that. That's good. You don't do that. That's your business. But at the same time, when I found, you know what somebody did find out? Simeon was a very common name. In that day. So that tells me that God can use just a very common person. With a common name. That we don't have to have some big shot name father. I'm saying a whole lot more than what you think I'm saying. But God can use me. If I just commit myself. And become loyal. And have an ear to hear. And it's God's business. Not mine, but this is your business, God. Because if it's your business, God, you can give me the patience to endure. You give me the strength I need to finish the course. And I was going to preach on that psalm tonight. Amen. Because, amen, to win this battle, to fight a good fight. I'm going to preach on that sometime. Fighting a good fight. Sometimes a good fight is just simply staying in the ring. You get knocked down. <laughs> slapped around. But you get back up and you get right back in the ring. Because you know who you're fighting for. That you're going to win. And you're going to be victorious. If you just stay in the ring. Fighting a good fight.
with all of its suffering, with all of its pain, with all of its discomforts, all the dreams and prayers that seem like are not being answered. I'm going to just stay with it. So as we read about Kim, the Bible says that he was what? A just and devout man. He was a just man. He was devout. He was dedicated. He was committed. He was a learned man, I believe, possibly. Maybe not. Waiting for what? Waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting for that one that was going to bring comfort. Listen to the definition of consolation. Comfort received by a person after a loss or disappointment. He was looking for that Messiah. He was looking for that seed that we read about in Genesis 3.15. He was looking for that son, that child that we read about in Isaiah 7 and 9. He was looking. He believed that in the midst. Now, let me remind you. They're right in the midst of 400 years of supposed silence. Not hearing from God. And they're staying with it. They're still practicing what had been practiced for thousands and thousands of years. If we're not careful, we're living in a time that wants to change everything. We're living in a time that wants new stuff and new ways and new methods. And come on, come on, let's, let's change up some stuff. Let's get it looking. I'm fixing to say something here. And I, some folks here, they're they going to get, they're going to, anyway. They, some churches got enough money, they change their rostrum on a regular basis. For traction. For change. Because, because it, it, keeps, it keeps excitement. But there's some things I'm here to tell you tonight that's never going to change. And you know what? It should never get old to us either. It should never become dull to us. It, it, we should never look. We, we know, we've experienced enough to know that you can't have revival without old-fashioned prayer. You can't have a move of God in your own personal life. You can't live a victorious life absent from prayer. You've got to have a prayer closet. You've got to have a place somewhere. And I, I, I'm not against driving down the road. I'm not against uh, washing dishes. I'm not against welding. I'm not against pray all the time. Pray without ceasing. But I, I'm, I'm going I'm to come back in this pulpit again tonight and tell you. If you don't lay some stuff aside and spend some time with God, some personal time with God, without any distractions, you really can't have that prayer meeting you need. That, that companionship, that fellowship. That's a must. I believe we can see and watch Simeon here. Amen. That he becomes that dedicated individual. He comes committed. Amen. He, he was... And I believe it's enough in scriptures because there is a little debate if he was an old man or not. But he was willing. He was ready to die. How many is ready to die? How many is looking forward to dying? Simeon was looking to die. He was, he was ready. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. But he had a walk with God. He had an ear that could hear God without the Holy Ghost. So there was some kind of daily companionship and fellowship that Simeon was having with God. How, how do you know that? You watch this. He says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost 
that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You're not going to die. So, you know, <laughs> here he is. He's got this promise. He's got this, I'm not going to die until I see the Messiah, until I, I see this. Watch the next one. Now notice this, two things to see. You're not going to see death until you see the Messiah. You're not, and I'm not going to see the Messiah until we see death first. And then we're going to see the Messiah. That's both spiritually and physically. Or at least a transformation is going to take place. And they were going to meet him in the clouds. But Simeon was so sold out and walking so close with God that he believed in this Messiah. He believed in this little child. And that God was going to help him to know. I don't know how many little boys had been brought to the temple in all of his life, in all of his days. I don't know how many times maybe he had walked in. But here's what the next verse says. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And so we understood, understanding now that he was led by the Spirit. That Spirit's capitalized. He was led by God, the Spirit of God. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according unto thy word. I can die. I can leave here. The comforter has just showed up. The one that's going to be the Messiah. This is the son. This is the child. Now he had some revelation. He had some insight. Listen to the rest of it. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, the heathens, all the nations. He talks about this light, and amen, we can understand it's according to prophecy, and I won't take the time, Lord, I'd love to, but I won't. I can take you to Isaiah, the 49th chapter. The first, especially the first four or five verses, and it talks about the light. talks about coming in the, that whole chapter talks about the Messiah and the coming of the Messiah and, and what he's talking about right there. Joseph, next verse picks up in 3030, says, Joseph, his mother, marveled at those things which were spoken to him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary. Now he turns his attention to Mary and says, Behold this child. He is the set, watch this, the fall and the rising again in many in Israel. He's going to be a stone. He's going to be a stumbling stone for some. But he's going to be the rising up for others. He had a walk with God. He had a revelation. He had an insight. And he patiently waited. Who knows how long, how long he had waited for this day and for this moment. I want to drop down to Anna now because I know... I'm going to try to hurry up and finish up here. Luke 2, 36 and 38 now. Listen to Anna. You can stand. You can stand. I'm going to hurry with this. 
There was one Anna, a prophetess. By the way, Anna is the Greek word of Hannah. Remember Hannah, 1 Samuel 15. Born the boy, brought Samuel after he's weaned. Take you right back to the sacrifice. Everybody must bring a sacrifice. She brought a sacrifice. She brought it. The time comes, she brought the bullock. She brought the wine, the bread, and Samuel. And every year she'd come back. And so here, uh, Anna. Anna the prophetess, amen. That was a daughter of Femuel, the tribe of Asher. Asher also, let me, and I'm trying to hurry, but at the same time, watch this. You're talking about somebody that committed themselves, dedicate themselves. Now, and the reason I want to say this, because you know how we are. <laughs> I'm going to come back and tell you that, okay? Let me, let me. She was a great, she was of great age and had lived with her husband for seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four. So that makes it 84. Now, there's a little dispute there. Some believe that she was 84. Others believe that she had been a widow for 84 years. So that puts her somewhere in about 100 now. Okay? So just according to how you interpret that. Either way, it's a long, long time. Forsake everything else and commit herself to the temple. You watch what she does. Which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. She coming in at that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spoke to him and all that she had, that looked and redemption in Jerusalem. Now watch this. If you do a study on Asa, Asher, if you do a study on it, they, that tribe, that group, was known to raise women that was of royalty and was of the ones that would marry into royalty. In other words, with beauty and talent that was above all the rest of them. The point I want to make here, because some, some of them would get the idea, well, she's probably too ugly to get remarried again. She probably wasn't talented enough. Nobody probably wouldn't want her. She might have could have had the pick of the whole town. But she chose God over that. What do you think? Because we're living in a, in, a, in a nation that is geared over satisfying. I feel a little whatever, but that's all right. <laughs> Committed, loyal, dedicated. It's going to be hard to find two characters in your Bible any more committed and dedicated than these two right here. And they didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And they lived during the time, amen, of 400 years of not hearing. But they stayed committed. What I'm telling us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and you showed you was committed tonight by coming. And I thank you for it. What I want to encourage you to do tonight is you stay committed to what this says. And don't, let's don't let that old spirit slip in of some of these changes that's trying to come around. 
Because some of them's not pleasing to God. Some of them's not what God's want. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. I'm going to let you go. Uh, maybe you won't get too wet. We can maybe get some of these young guys, somebody to go out there, some of these ladies get their vehicles if they want you to. They may not. <laughs> may not trust you. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. You're dismissed. The fear of the Lord. God bless you. Don't forget about the fall festival. Friday night, 6 o'clock.